episode two of the Section K podcast. On today's episode, we recap both the Arbuckle Mountain Futurity in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and the world's greatest horseman in Fort Worth that just concluded this past weekend. We also bring you an exclusive interview with Mark Michaels, the creator of CuttingHorseCentral.com. We've all grown accustomed to Mark and his team setting up video and live scoring feeds at our shows, and frankly, I do not know what I would do without live scoring myself. So it was fun to sit down and chat with him. First, we wanted to talk a little bit about who we are and why we decided to start the Section K podcast. First off, my name is Caden Rutherford. I live in Witt, Texas, and I am 27 years old. And my favorite place to go show is at the Breeders Invitational in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hi, everyone. My name is Colburn Larson. I am 24 years old. I am from the Texas Panhandle, and my favorite show is the NCHA Futurity. Hey, what's going on? My name's Cody Hedlund. Uh, I'm from Lipan, Texas, originally from California. I'm 28 years old. And uh, after our first episode, we were asked two main questions. One, why are we called the Section K Podcast? And two, why did you guys just decide to do a podcast about cutting? Well, the answer to the first question is simple. Section K is where we watch the 2018 NCHA Fraternity Finals in Will Rogers Coliseum. And it's where Caden and Colburn's families have watched multiple Triple Crown Finals. While watching the finals this year, Caden's dad, Big John, gave us the idea to start a podcast. He said, you guys have great insight on our industry, and people would love listening to you all share what you know, especially from younger generation of cutters. So, we created the Section K Podcast, a platform where we can share our passion about cutting with our fellow cutters, especially those who don't live right here in the cutting capital. As someone who has been up and down the road from Paso Robles, California to Augusta, Georgia, and one long trip to Calgary... I know that cutting is alive and well all over the country, and I know I can speak for all of us here at Section K when I say that cutting is everything. It's our hobby, it's our job, and it's our passion, and without it, we wouldn't have met a lot of important people in our life. Without it, we probably wouldn't even know each other. By living in the cutting capital, we are fortunate enough to be in amongst it. Through our podcast, we want to share those experiences with our listeners through current events, show results, discussions, and interviews of cutters all over the world. So, here we are. We are the Section K Podcast, a cutting-centric podcast from a fan's point of view. And whether you're driving to a cutting, working horses, cleaning stalls, or washing boots, listen to a couple buddies shoot the breeze about cutting. Thanks for following along, and enjoy the ride. The Arbuckle Futurity. Rounded out Nardmore, Oklahoma. Um, Austin Shepard, Bama Jelly, marked a 222 and a half for the $30,000 payday. Um, it was pretty cool. Big A went over the $8 million mark. I thought that was pretty special. A lot of hard work, a lot of time, a lot of dedication has gone into that milestone. And it was pretty cool to uh, see all that, all that kind of culminate. There's only four riders that have won over $8 million in our industry. And just to be up there in that upper echelon and him being the youngest of them all, too. Yeah, he joins an elite company of Matt Gaines, Phil Rapp, and Lloyd Cox, who have also eclipsed the $8 million mark. Cody, what what is a run or a horse that you remember most from Austin? Um, there's a lot of them just because I've seen him show for so many years in Will Rogers. Probably one of my favorites was Deluxe Checks at the World Finals in 2018. 2017 you were with us Tatum and Kylie we hauled that year or they hauled and we helped them and we watched that mare 
a bunch of times, especially right before the world finals and, and yep. every run, she just got better and better there towards the end. And that one night at the world finals, I think she marked a two thirty three. And she was incredible was, in the world finals. That, she was oh incredible. yeah. I mean the whole time she was awesome. See, but, I'm kinda mad you said that, Mayor. I thought I was gonna be the the one surprise that said Deluxe checks. I I was gonna say her run at Amarillo to twenty five thousand added. I think yep. it was that same year. That um, was a really good run. Yeah, that mare was unbelievable. She could shoot across the cows as quick as anybody. Everybody do it, that's for sure. For me, uh it's a I'm it's probably a little generic, but Highbrow C D when he won the fraternity on him and then going back and being co-champion at the super stakes going into the derby it just for me I, I was 13 or 14 years old and the hype going into the derby uh just for him to have the chance to win the triple crown I, it was unreal and it didn't end up working but i just remember running in there seeing him not doing it good and i was just so disappointed because i along as everybody else wanted to see him win the triple crown and and it was so weird for me to see Highbrow CD selling at the Fraternity this last year just because of that That horse is, I don't know, right there with Austin and everything he's done. And I I know with what Austin said at the Fraternity is that horse mean, meant the world to him. Yeah, it's crazy to see horses that were three-year-olds that we remember coming through the show pen as, as uh, show horses at the Fraternity that are selling or breeding. And I know for me it was weird to see that Colburn definitely – Definitely surreal seeing Highbrow CD go through the sale. Um, speaking of some other studs, I can remember countless runs on Betty's a Cat and Bama Cat that were unbelievable. Yeah. Some five, six yeah. finals at Fort Worth Super Stakes Derby. He made the finals on both those horses like a jillion times, it seemed. I definitely remember some runs on both of those horses for sure. It's crazy how many studs, looking back, that that guy's trained and done mm -hmm. well on. Dual race now, Sir Long Legs. I don't even others. think we need to list them all. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> we'll be here all night. Them, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, Bama Jelly. Um, it's a Bama cat out of M.H. San Tuli's Dooley. Their uh, famous famous mare that uh, Mama Stacy used to show in the Millionaire Cuttings and in Fort Worth whenever she was an aged event. Um, Bama Jelly is owned by the Cole Grove, specifically Madeline. I think Madeline stayed off of him since since they've started showing him so that's pretty cool that they're doing well on him i remember in 2018 at the augusta fraternity when bama jelly was uh, a three-year-old so at the beginning of or at the end of january austin's working that horse with his hand down in the practice pen and it looked like an aged event horse it was just unreal and and they knew early on in the year that that was a good horse and Cade had rode that horse everywhere three-year-old year getting him ready and that horse had been up and down the road as a three-year-old seeing everything. And it's pretty cool to see that horse doing really good to start his four-year-old year now. So you remember that that horse being hauled as a three-year-old and all that, huh, Colburn? Yes, sir. Matt Gaines, Sugar Spice and Everything Nice, claiming another reserve title, marking a 222 for the Van Gilder family. Uh, they had a heck of a show. He was also third on Just a Little Brown Sugar for the Van Gilders as well. Um, I remember that mare as a two-year-old Andrew Lowther. Uh, Cody's roommate Skippy had that one in his two-year-old program. Matt had a huge show. Uh, in, in the four-year-old, he made uh, two of the three that he was entered on uh, into the finals. And uh, I mean, Matt speaks for himself. That guy's a true professional. 
another eight million dollar rider. Yeah, being in that elite club of eight million dollar riders. Eighty one thousand. <laughs> a little over eighty one thousand. Is that how much you won total? Yeah, a little over eighty one thousand. Yep. Wow. That's wow. unbelievable. That's a heck of a week. That's unreal. That's big time for, for an age event like that. So yeah, rolling rolling with Matt Gaines. Um he won the five six open on a metallic drifter, marked another two twenty two in those finals. Um, that one's also owned by uh, Jim and Marsha Van Gilder of Weatherford, Texas. Matt was entered on three horses in the 5-6 Open, and he made all three to the finals. You know, it was funny talking about Ardmore and, and people texting you that are there and talking about how the cutting is and whatever. And I kept getting a bunch of texts saying that the cows were a little tough. Seems like Matt didn't have that much of a problem with it, though. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. He had, he had to have known something different than everybody else because <laughs> – in in that pen, those cattle are just, they want to dive into the corner so bad, especially on the side that the, the cattle are bringing brought up on. And, he, I mean, he had to have, know some insider information on the cow picking because, yeah, I mean. If you're having trouble free. finding good cows, you should just go to Matt Gaines and have him get you out for the rest of the show. Same with Jeffrey Sheehan. I mean, he had a great show, too. Formerly known as Spud. Yeah, Spud had a heck of a show. Uh, didn't he, I think he was third Rolls-Royce. Bo Gallion, uh, owner Tom, Tom and Lisa Gwynn, uh, split second place. I think there was a three-way split there in second place. Um, Rolls-Royce, Candy Cat, Answer Longlegs, um, our, our friend Austin Shepard, all three of those marked two nineteen and a half, all split reserve championship. Answer Longlegs, another great stallion that at Austin show, did well enough at the Futurity, did well, won the Derby as a four-year-old. Just an elite field of horses in, in that 5-6 finals in Ardmore, that's for sure. Some other notable open riders that had some success at Arbuckle was Lloyd Cox had three finalists in the four-year-old open and won 27000 Grant Sidnica won a little over 21000 in the four-year-old on Super Trooper, including what he won in the Gilding. Yeah, that's the dual smart Ray out of Itchy's My Choice. That's a cool horse, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool horse. Kelsey Johnson won the four-year-old non-pro, marked a 222 on Smart KRG. Our very own Colbert Larson picked up the four-year-old limited non-pro championship on Boom Letty. So, congrats on that, Colburn. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. How was making the finals and all that? It was cool, man. It's It's been a little while since I've had some success, and it's just nice to get back in the finals and have some fun. Once I, I was next to last, and two big scores had already been marked, and kind of I knew there wasn't going to be that big of a shot for me to go win, and I was just trying to get the best check I could possibly get. Heck yeah, just try and have a, have a clean run. That's always good. Ashley Flynn won the 5.6 non-pro with a 2.22, and reserve was Chelsea Tatum with a 2.18.5. Also, some other notable names in both non-pro classes. Ty Moore had two in the four-year-old finals. And double finalist was Chad Bouchaw having one in, in the 5-6 and one in the 4-year-old. And Constance Yegi also had one in the 5-6 and one in the 4-year-old. In the amateur, 4-year-old unlimited amateur, Gary Barker on X's and O's, um, one of Lloyd Cox's main mounts, marked a 222. Uh, Gary showed up and done well in the amateur. Lloyd's done well in the open. It's pretty cool to see open and and the amateur, I think that's a testament to just the, the training and, and how good of a horse that, that, that horse is. So it's cool to see that. In the 5-6 Unlimited Amateur, Bonnie Martin on Raisin Kittens marked a 225, took the championship. Four-year-old 50,000 amateur, Rocky Davis aboard her Royal Queen, won the championship in that division. And in the 5-6-year-old, Richard Minnix and Metallic Tax won the 50,000 amateur division. 
Cody, did you watch any of the world's greatest horsemen this past week? I know that was big time uh, going on in Fort Worth. Corey Cushing, all he does is win. <laughs> Seems uh, like it. <laughs> picked up two championships. Well, I think three championships, actually. Um, won a, won a two-reign title, I believe, aboard Sippin' Boone's Farm as well, I saw. Nice. Um, also won the Derby. Celebration of Champions. Celebration of Champions. Derby class. I guess just four- and five-year-olds. And also winning the world's greatest horseman aboard, Sunita Lena Ray. Marked a 212 out of the herd. 217 rain work. 223 steer stopping. And had 225 points coming down the fence. Corey... I mean, what what else is there to say about that guy? Persevered through some tough luck in the in the prelims and the reigning. I think he had a bobble in that. Mark like a two oh one. Came back in the steer stopping, lit the scoreboard up in the prelims, lit the scoreboard up in the cow work, and um, I mean, just made it back to another finals. That's all he does is make finals and win. It seems like. Yeah, coming from last to first, that's pretty cool. And uh, I think we did some fact checking, and every. Uh, Every time he wins the Snafflebit Faturity the year before, he always ends up winning the World's Greatest. I think this is his second World's Greatest Horseman title. Hanging out, watching the World's Greatest is a lot of fun. It seemed like it was electric in there, and the music was loud. Everybody was cheering. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was in town on Thursday for the prelims of the steer stopping, the cow work. And, yeah, no, is that a packed house? Everybody was excited. There was huge runs in the steer stopping. There was huge runs in the cow work. And, I mean, it was just awesome. I had a great time. I mean, just watching something different and, and seeing something in person. I watched the, the webcast on Saturday. And, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see Kelby and Abby Phillips both in those finals. I know I was there on Thursday rooting for her. She drew a really tough, fast steer in the roping, took, took her kind of toward the back of the arena and still marked a 219 in the steer stopping, and that pretty much solidified her to make the finals. I think she marked like a 218.5 or another 19 in the, in the fence work in the prelims and made the finals. So it was really cool to see Abby in the finals on, I think it was a horse sired by a wild-haired cat. I think there was quite a few horses in the world's greatest horsemen by cutting studs. Yeah, nine out of the 11 that were in the finals were all by uh, cutting bred studs. Kelby was showing duels Lucky Charm, the horse he won the snaffle bit fraternity on a couple years back, so it was cool to see him come back on that horse and do some do some good. I know the youth world's greatest horseman was a new, new part of that deal this year. They had the cow work, Colburn. It was, I know you were busy at Ardmore driving home. Uh, they had the cow work for the youth right before the open guys. They got to go down the That's fence. That's really right, cool. Yeah, right in front of all that that huge crowd. So it was cool to see. Uh, I know there was I a bunch those of kids were amped up. Yeah, I know there was a bunch of father son duos. I think one of them made the finals. Garrett and Brad Lund. Mm-hmm. Each of them made the youth. One of them, Garrett made the youth finals. Brad made the, the the big open world's greatest finals. To me, it looked like on Saturday that had to have been like the closest thing to being in like a pro sports event or something. I mean, you come trotting on your horse and wave at the cow guy to bring you the beef and box a little bit and then pretty much just go 9-0 down the fence and, and try and stop and turn the cow. So I think it'd be really cool to do that just because, like, cutting, you need to be smooth and be calm and be straight and, and not, not try and get too out of whack. It seems like going down the fence, you just go well, as fast can, as – Yeah, I mean, just go as fast as you can. You can be like Matt can. Cook and when they <laughs> blow the horn and – we're trying to give Forget you a new job, cow, man. and yeah. then you just go on with it and just take her down the fence. That guy is fun to watch show. I watched him a little bit in the prelims, too. 
Um, I know he did good in the in the age event part two on Opus Catalina, took took a reserve championship in that, but also made the world's greatest finals. And what Cody's referencing was in the Cowork finals. He just uh, totally waved off the the horn and said, "Forget y'all, I'm taking this cow down the fence." And I mean, it was definitely a cow that that warranted a new one. That's for sure, because it it did not want to honor him. It did not want to honor his horse. But he stopped and turned it a handful of times and circled it. I know the score wasn't as high as he hoped for, but but it was exciting and it was fun to watch. And, and I know that's what the people wanted, so it was fun to see that. You know, the keeping up with the scores and as the rounds go and stuff like that, they have to know what they need to mark in the fence work. And the one thing that I have been told about cow horse stuff is it always comes down to the fence work, and that's exactly what it did. I mean, Corey going last, marking a 25, and Matt probably knew that he needed to mark a – a big score just to be in the hunt and and that's what he, I mean you take a risk and you hope it works out do you think they were in the back looking at their cutting horse central uh website page and and wondering you what they it. had to yeah they had to have been they I better mean, have been yeah so yeah they had to have been checking out the live scoring app on cutting horse central if you don't have that thumbnail saved to your phone uh be sure and go ahead and pause the podcast now and and do that now. Cutting Horse Central is the only place I go for scores and, and stats and anything of that nature, that's for sure. Actually, don't pause the podcast. Listen the rest of the way, and then you can go back to it. Touche. <laughs> now enjoy an exclusive interview with the creator of CuttingHorseCentral.com, Mr. Mark Michaels. Let me introduce a man that has changed the way our cutting horse shows are broadcast, scored, and webcast. He is the man that brought you live scores after every horse. He brought us the ability to track bubbles at shows, track world standings, horse of the year standings, and even help you find a trainer in the CHC trainer directory. He is the man that created CuttingHorseCentral.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Michaels. Mark, how's it going, man? Wait, you're talking about me? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for having me out. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome no, job. Welcome. welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you, and uh, we're interested in uh, kind of opening you up and kind of delving into what what led you to start this, I mean, this great invention that has revolutionized changed and helped all of us that go to all these shows help us track scores help us track bubbles help us track money and uh um how we did in in random classes like the limited the gilding the novice all the subclasses that go go along with uh, the big classes that we have at all the shows so i think that's really cool uh, mark uh, tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from kind of where you grew up and kind of how you got into cutting yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of a crazy journey. Um, I, I grew up, uh, well, I lived in Holland for a little while. I was born in Australia, but lived in Holland for a little while as well. And, and I mean, grew up around horses pretty much all my life. Um, you know, when, went through school, did the job thing, wasn't quite going where I was wanting to go and ended up back in the country. And, and anyway, long story short, got hooked up with horses. Uh, I was breaking some thoroughbreds on a, on a big ranch over in Australia and I was sharing a house with Matt Rava. And uh, Matt, as many of you probably know, works uh, for Slate River. He's been in the cutting longer than I have. But anyway, great guy. Uh, he got me introduced to cutting and got me my first job over here in Australia when I, uh, or in America, I'm sorry, when I came over in 92 with Lindy Birch. And that's just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I was fortunate enough to work with some awesome, awesome trainers, uh, you know, legends in our sport like Lindy, like Phil Rapp, like Greg Welch and Mike Mowry and those guys. And, you know, you pick up so many things from them. They're all different, but they're all, 
they've got one goal in mind, you know, and that's to be the best that they can be and, and bring out the, the best in the horses. And so that kind of stuck with me. And I, you know, I tried to develop that into my program. And, and you know, I, I had some, some fairly decent success um, as a trainer myself. Uh, had some, you know, some great people along the way support me and, and give me that opportunity. And people like Phil and Marianne, I mean, you know, I was around them before they before Phil turned pro obviously and, and I got to see that whole transition with him and Marianne into the sport and, and it's just an amazing they're just an amazing couple you know and, and learned so much from them not just about training but how to handle yourself you know and, and how to how to handle different situations and I think that was that was kind of a really cool thing yeah as a fellow employee at uh, Phil and Marianne Raps I agree you know I worked there for six years and and just the business aspect and the way they've been able to grow a huge business is, has been unreal. And, and being a part of it and watching it on the outside, I, Absolutely. I can attest to that. You know, they're, uh, you know, have been a big, big part of my life and my growth in the sport as well. Well, and there's so many people like that. I mean, you, you know, you look around the the Shepherd Dynasty, you know, and and I mean, they, they've all got their own stories. And I haven't been as you know closely involved with some of those other programs, the Galleons. I mean, you name it, the Rices. Um, they're all people that do, you know, that they've they've made this sport their their livelihood, you know, and, and they've they found a way to make a life out of it, um, but also raise their kids that way, and and you know, and come up with some great results. Well, that's kind of what I was gonna segue off of. You've kind of seen Phil evolve as a showman coming up through the non-pro in the open. You got to see tap Tapalina tap twice, don't look twice, all those great horses. But you also got to see Ryan and Emma kind yep. of evolve into the showman and the showwoman that they're kind of turning into that's got to be kind of cool i mean ryan essentially went from not really showing that much whenever i kind of first started showing and now he's entered at every age event entered in the youth yeah and you know and ryan and, and my son hayden they, they were born within a couple of months of each other and, and have always been close and it's funny because i kind of did the opposite of what most trainers did i tried to keep my kids out of the barn <laughs> i wanted them to go get a you know go get a professional job and then maybe come back with their shaps later and say hey where's my horse you know and, and do it that way uh and and hayden did hang out with ryan quite a bit one summer and marianne you know and they kept putting him on horses and, and eventually next thing i know he's entered at a scholarship cutting in sweetwater and you know i i got to finally feel what a lot of those other parents feel like watching your kid go show for the first time you know and he did amazing he showed twice marked a 69 and a 71 and never lost a cow and and he cut better than i think i ever did so well, <laughs> he learned awesome. some stuff over there at rap branch too yeah that's awesome tell us how everything that happened beforehand in your life that you experienced through working with these trainers being around them going to shows showing your own horses training your own horses having your own business into creating what chc became yeah i mean that's a great question cody um you know i think that all those other things leading up to chc is what gave me the passion for the sport and the drive and 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 the love that that i saw that other people had and and that's what made me want to take it you know a step further or do something different and, and i started having some back issues um you know and tried to deal with that for a while and and it just was getting worse and was basically told, hey, look, you know, there's nothing that we can do to preserve your, your back. It's just the more you grind it, the more it's going to get worse. So I thought, you know what, I always want to do something different when I grew up. And it just took me a little longer to get to that step. Um, so I, I wanted to look at a way to help promote not just the industry, but help people sell horses. Because I think selling horses was always a bit of a struggle with, with a lot of the trainers. I mean, basically, it used to be, 
a customer to say, hey, I want to sell a horse, and you'd pick up the phone and call your six best trainer friends or non-pros that you knew, and, and you'd say, hey, I've got this horse for sale, blah, 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 and the word would spread and maybe eventually get a hit and get it sold. Um, and then I, I had a couple of three-year-olds that weren't panning out, and, and I needed to sell them, and, and I was looking at putting them in a sale, and then one of the girls that was working for me, um, Bev, she uh, she mentioned BarrelHorseWorld.com, and, and anyway it's mainly a site developed around you know selling barrel horses and promoting the barrel horse industry and i got to digging around a little bit in there and i, I listed those two horses and within you know within hours literally i started getting emails and i'm like wow this is cool and i'm reaching people all over the nation and so i thought i gotta be able to do something like this for the cutting and that's kind of where it started i started talking to you know people like tom ryan and ben emerson and those guys that that i saw were mentors in in the sport of marketing the sport and, you know, they, when I started getting their support and they thought it was a good idea, I just started going to the next level. And, you know, one thing kind of led to, you know, the, the next thing from there and we kind of snowballed. And thanks to the fans, I mean, our fans and, and the people that support us, uh, it's just been amazing and that's what keeps us going. Yep. Yeah, the, the presence on social media is really what's been captivating to me. I think um, the photographs and the different types of articles and and videos and i mean it's just a good way to to kind of catch up with guys that you don't really know kind of similar to what we're trying to do here i guess so yeah I it's mean, pretty the, well the sport the were... sports center of uh cutting yeah that's a great yeah perfect example yeah awesome awesome <laughs> i like that analogy Colin. well we just we wanted to cover the sport in a way it hadn't been covered and, and you know there was there was the cookie cutter way which is great i mean your, your official photos and your official results full of stats and numbers and things but we never really got to know that person through that i felt like or that horse you know what are the quirky things about that horse what 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 is that trainer like really like in real life and that's the part that I wanted to kind of bring out and expose. And I think that's the part that people can really connect to. We'll just bring stuff to life that you don't really think about. You just yeah. kind of see the trainer, the horses being an integral part. And, hey, you show up, you have your trainer, you have your horse, and let's do the deal. And hopefully we win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the cool thing about the You know, they've all got their unique little stories behind them. Could not agree more with that. I know, I know my horses are have all sorts of crazy quirks and yeah i mean that's fun just, to document them that's just what we do when we spend this amount of time with them we find those quirks and not everybody knows about them and it's those are the fun stories about certain horses that make this sport pretty cool yeah i mean you jump in the truck with lindy going down the road you're going to listen to some stevie nicks and you you go <laughs> and it's raining and you're going to watch caddyshack you know it's <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome so with the world's greatest going on um ardmore going on the arbuckle mountain fraternity talk a little bit about what goes into setting up for one of these shows and kind of all the equipment and the process that goes into setting up for an event like both those yeah man it's it's uh it's a lot more than i first thought it was going to be but you know I, i've learned so much i've been fortunate to be around some guys that have been doing it a lot longer than i have you know ted pettit from video west and uh, Jeremy Olson over there at Equine Promotions that does all the he does all the reining and the cow horse stuff and and those guys are really good at what they do and and they helped me get my start 
uh, and basically, you know, give me, they were there for me when I had a problem or had a question. And that was the biggest thing. Like I felt like I had a support group behind me and, and Jeremy really is, he's, he's really taking it to the next level with, uh, with what they're doing over at the chaos raining stuff. I mean, he's, he's doing some things that I don't even want to think about doing it. You know? Well, that's kind of what I noticed last night when I went, I mean, you're part of it all, but the show that the, the NRCHA puts on is just immaculate in yeah. my opinion, just from the announcers to the to the advertisements, to the, I mean, all the video footage, the scoreboard, the webcast, I mean, yeah. the stuff you're part of, they just put on a great show and do a great job with all that. So. Yeah, and I, I try to take bits and pieces from that and adapt and, and see how it can fit our audience. And, I mean, as far as setting up, yeah, like, I mean, I, I drove up to Arbuckle. I was up there for about four or five hours setting up, and luckily, you know, Dawn Backstrom's doing the – doing the switching for us up there but i can remote in and just as long as i've got wi-fi i can get in there change out commercials graphics add a bubble you know change out a draw whatever tom's doing all the live scoring so that uh, you know it, it's it's pretty cool to have a you know some good people working with me alongside me yeah i can't imagine all the conflicts moving and parts and just everything that goes on well just technology is so unreliable that I mean, we've, we can attest to yeah. that. <laughs> well, I experienced here. it yesterday too, trust me. I think I remember seeing your <laughs> post with the scoring. Yeah, we had a data center in New York that uh, that carries, uh, you know, the server up there that carries our stream and carries the website go down. Well, you know, you can't do anything about it. Like, okay, but then, I mean, we're still on live stream, so all I can do is try to get the link out and, you know, and, and find different ways. I mean, if we have to FaceTime live, we'll do that too. So yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes. But yeah, I mean, if you come into my garage, you'll see a lot of equipment there and, um you know it's, it's still it's yeah it's a bit overwhelming sometimes but uh, it's sure fun when it when it comes together and watch it all work so with the nrcha kind of kind of on our mind i think it's really cool that you kind of started with i mean the ncha community um is rather small i wouldn't say that it's as big as the ncaa college football community or pga community or anything like that but how would you describe how you got picked up and how, I mean, you pretty much have become a staple at the NRCHA events, at some team roping events. I know you put on the wildfire here recently. Well, we just carried the stream for, for that. Yeah, I had nothing to do with the production. Carried the stream. Yeah, but, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. But um, you essentially went from just broadcasting cutting events to broadcasting cow horse, broadcasting team roping. Um, talk a little bit about how your brand has expanded into both of those well the thing that i wanted to do was you know not that that i mean cutting is small in relation yes i mean it's a big community among ourselves and everything else but um we're we're basically selling horses and selling products to the same people back and forth and and what i saw with the cow horse especially is like oh i know all those sponsors and oh look they're riding a metallic cat or they're riding a dual smart ray or you know, and, and that's where I saw, well, maybe we can do more to connect with that and, and cross promote, you know, and, and that's, they're obviously, they're, they're new, they're growing, they've just moved to Fort Worth, you know, a couple of years ago, and, and that deal's exciting, and it's just, it's a different sport, but it, it encompasses a lot of what we do, and, you know, and, and like I said, we've got a lot of riders that, that have gone, you guys have already talked about that, you know, the, the Rice, uh, Boyd Rice, and, and, you know, Clay Volmer, and those guys that do both, um, and I think it's cool to, to do that, and with the roping, I mean, well look at ryan moats he's roping off cd lights babies and you know and so i think the more we can grow that sport and 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 maybe that espn analogy is is probably a good way to look at it i want to have more than just cutting on there because i think that exposes a bigger audience to just cutting too no doubt i think uh what you've done to 
encompass all three of those different disciplines that all are all related to a cow is pretty amazing. Something that gets overlooked that uh, that markets changed is the bubble. Uh, before uh, Mark's app, everyone would have to go and bug Tom about what the bubble was on. Hey, Tom, and, what do you think it's going to take? There's 17 sets left yeah. in the four-year-old yeah. amateur. And what time will stakes. I go? <laughs> what do you think it's going to take in the four-year-old amateur? We've all been guilty of texting time. time <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> me, me included. Well, and that's that's one of the things why the, the not just you know the cutters, but the show secretaries have embraced what we're doing with the live scoring is the fact that we can put stuff out there and, and access you know the, that important data where people can basically you know figure it out themselves or at least see what it's taking and and that's one of the reasons why we've been received so well um, it also exposes some things sometimes like you know if mistakes are made in a draw or whatever that normally you wouldn't have seen before that now all of a sudden it's live so we, we've had to overcome a few little obstacles here and there but it's it's made the show secretaries be a little bit more i guess accountable and, and aware but it's also helped them a bunch you know and like you said taking those phone calls away from him and tom yeah i mean all he all he does now is sit there and play solitaire because nobody's calling him <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's basically just sending a mass text out every time he puts in a lot of scoring all right starting the go, clock <laughs> well, what's crazy about the bubble is it's kind of fun to watch the bubble or it can be miserable yeah to watch the it bubble. can make you sweat a lot <laughs> harder well and, and mark has done such a, a, a good job of thinking how to help everybody understand it. I mean, he's got it now where you can click on the app or on the website and it'll show how many it takes to knock the two thirteens out. And then it, it'll show how many more it takes to knock to knock the four teams out. And that's just huge for all of us. So Yeah, you it, can know with twelve horses left it yeah. takes six to bump me. Let's sit back and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, and that's that was cool. Like at the at the you know we did the world's greatest last night. Did the steer stopping and then the final, the fourth event, the the cow work and and you know people were watching that and, and the announcer was getting it. I mean he's like, man, now you can see exactly what it's taking. So every time a score was put up, well that you know where that's sitting and how many take to knock it out. And then we got to the last one and realized there was a tie. Well, oh my god, now we're taking eleven instead of ten. So that's cool. You know, well, I can't and, even imagine the cow horse people living without the the cutting horse central live oh man i mean tracking three events much less four (laughs) yeah it's cool to walk through there and see like you know there's a lot less of them now but but tradition when i first went in there everybody had that draw sheet with the four columns and they all had their pencil markings and they bring their own draw to the next round because that's got the scores on it and you know and, and it used to be a lot of math and and now it's it's just on your phone well that's my brother and i we always go to the fraternity finals and the semis and stuff and I haven't found a draw that had a bunch of scores written in pencil in, I don't know, as many years as you've been rolling. So I think that's what's another totally different kind of good part about the bubble is at the, at the open semis at the fraternity at the Derby. I mean, you can sit there as a fan and see Michael Cooper and last night. That's exactly what I was doing. I was watching the world's greatest and steer stopping and the cow work or the fence worker, however they call it. but And I was following along, and I knew exactly what it took to knock Corey Cushing out. Yep. And I was sitting there watching that last run, and I don't know how it scored or anything, but as <laughs> soon as him. it came up, I didn't have to do <laughs> any admin or anything. Yeah. I looked, and I was yeah. like, oh, man, there's a tie. I know. Because I know Corey had a little bit of bad luck in the raining, but he came back in the cow work for 225. He smoked it. And, yeah. and he did what he had to do, and, and barely, just barely, but – it worked out, and that was cool. I mean, that's what Cutting Horse Central has brought us because I don't 
I've never done the cow horse deal, and it was I was following along just like it was a normal sport. Well, you get well, captivated by all that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's you know, and I, and I owe a big part of that to to my partner Eric Schmoyer, uh, who developed the software. Basically, I, I was out at a cutting in Georgia doing some judging, and and uh, Nancy Turner, I'll never forget. She said, "Hey, I've got I, I know what you're talking about, what you want to do." I said, "I've I know a guy that might be able to help you." And anyway he was there at the cutting and she introduced me and we got to talking and I said, can you do this? Yep. Can you do that? Yep. And he's never told me no, you know, everything that I've come up with, he's, he's just built it. And that's the cool thing about it. This guy, he's, he's so talented and he's, you know, he's, he's partnered up with us. And, and so it gives him a vested stake in there and, and, you know, he's going to make sure that it's working right. And when it's not, he's there to fix it. No doubt. Well, um, kind of segueing off that, tell us a little bit about, your your career as a showman um what what's your favorite memory on the back of a horse yeah i mean there's there's quite a few one one that does stand out though um is like you mentioned i was third at the ncha derby at the summer spectacular there on starlin cat and um the way that i got there was what made it special because in the semi-finals i had a big bobble on a cut and i was i mean I was out of it, you know, and I came back and just rode the hair off him and just threw it all out there. And, and the judges liked it and marked me in, and I just barely made it into the finals. And then, uh, you know, we had, we had a really good run in the, in the finals. And, and even though I didn't win it, it's still one of the most special runs that, that I've had just because of leading into that, how I got there and, and the run that we had that night on that horse. That's really cool. Name some of the uh, horses that you trained and showed. Oh, I mean, the... I had dual snap, um, salute this. I started her as a two-year-old, and then she was sold. Uh, Craig Morris had her for a while, and then she ended up back uh, back with me, and you know I ended up doing really well on her for uh, you know at the weekend level. Um, I don't know, Colbert. I've forgotten most of them by now. And styling cats, <laughs> pretty pretty solid, pretty solid one right there. I'd say I I think that that horse right there is has produced and and himself did some great things so. yeah i mean he yeah. you know and he we had to retire him early he had an injury uh from the walker but of all things but he was he's unlike any horse that i've ever ridden you know i got him as a two-year-old and and just the way that he you know hooked onto a cow it was just uh, it was it was pretty incredible i mean i've i've been around a lot of other great horses. you know tapolino i never got to work or a show or anything but loped her you know quite a bit for phil and marianne and i've I've never ridden one that's a Cadillac like she she was so smooth and that's why like watching her work you know the swoopiness and the she was uh, she's had to have been like riding a slinky on a cow I mean just the way she moved you know and so you just remember those ones like that so covering all these different events can you tell us one uh memory that sticks out in your head whether it was uh a record-setting run at a rope-in or maybe a record-setting run at a cow horse event or a cutting event that you just remember and you you it always when you're talking about cutting or something like that you talk about that run or think about that run there's only one run that that i can think of that comes right to 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 mind and that's matt on baby out at rancho when he marked that 34 that was just i had the hair on the back of my neck was standing up i mean i've never had that before and and we were just there to take photos and cover it and do the results and i mean the the whole crowd and that that's an awesome place to go watch a cutting and and everybody just got so into it and the emotion and watching Matt I mean he should have lost that cow right off the bat when he dropped his hand and that mare came back and said uh uh-uh. uh you know and that was just one of the w- most wickedest runs I've ever seen that that run right there show, shows you just from social media how much bigger uh, the cutting horse industry can 
be because of how many views that run got on social media. Oh, that thing went viral. Well, yeah. I think that is Cutting's Huge. viral video. I mean, yeah. if, if you had to choose a viral video, I mean, I still see folks sharing that video just to, to relive and, and watch that mare because that, that is one of the most spectacular runs to ever ever be done on the back of a cutting horse, in my opinion, too. Absolutely. If you had to choose, obviously you like Special New Baby, if you had to choose another handful of horses that you've kind of seen come through the gates at Will Rogers or kind of anywhere else, it just kind of stick out. In your yeah, mind just kind you, of stick you. always with tried you. to pull up and watch if you're at the cutting or something like that. You know, and that that's a great question too, but it's it's hard to answer because there's different things about some, some of the great horses in our sport that do things extra special. You know, the Chiquita Pistol Stop, you know, the, there's nobody I've seen do that. Um, you know, Tapalina, like I said, the way she could just – just hover across the ground um you know and, and th there's been so many little tonight i mean i was lucky enough when i was working for greg welch and uh, got to loper many many hours in the wrong lead uh, but, <laughs> but watching greg show that mare i mean it was just like riding a you know a firecracker she, you just never know where it was going next you know and, and so the, there's been so many horses but they're all just a little bit different that you say man i love this about that horse or i love that about that horse you know how long did you work for greg uh, i was there about two years wow yeah yeah, yeah. One of yes, the hardest he, working guys. I mean, he, he taught me, you know, a lot about how to deal with day-to-day -day work. I mean, you, when you know you've got X amount of horses, you go do it, you know, and, and don't look back until it's done. Mark, what what was it about riding a cutting horse that uh, drew interest to you? Well, just the fact, I mean, they, they take over, you know, and you're – you are, I mean, uh, we hate to say that, that you're just along for the ride, but, but you are to some respect because, um, you know, obviously you're helping as it gets to a higher level and, and competition and everything, you're doing a lot more than what people realize. But when you first, and Colton, you're probably the same way, and Cody and Caden, I mean, when you rode that first cutting horse and they go do it like a border collie working a cow, you know, and that's the part that's like, wow, you know, that's cool. An animal can do this on their own. It's definitely addicting. I, I can definitely speak for that myself. Yeah. You, the, the second you feel just that horse underneath you and feel it drawn underneath you and, and shooting across that cow and going and stopping, I mean, that's that's what captivated me and got me addicted to this whole whole deal, that's for sure. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a great horse at first time. Yeah, I, no, I mean, got on a turnback horse first time, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it felt like I was marking a 78. You yeah. know? So who, who would you say is your favorite person to watch show? uh well there again just like the horses everybody's a little bit different i mean <laughs> you know I, I i've told quite a few people about this too but like watching curly tully back in the day you know i mean yeah. coming through the herd there in sweetwater and he's looking left and cutting right you know and that to me was the <laughs> coolest thing to watch because i competed against him and and i have helped him a bunch and i was sitting in the corner and, and hell we didn't know what he was cutting half the time you better just not put <laughs> anything up because it's still in the game you know and so so guys like that i mean and like i said greg welch with what with what he did phil uh, you know just paul hansman i mean what what an awesome you know showman i mean it, it, paul can build a run better than anybody he'll he'll start it out and i mean next thing you know he's going for it you know stick and, that chin yeah, out and and you know and Austin, obviously. I mean, Austin crossed eight million dollars yesterday. What an awesome accomplishment for somebody, you know, like that, and and joined a pretty elite team of, uh, you know, the top four in that deal. So that kind of segues me into a little bit of a different kind of question. So, um, when you're in Fort Worth or anywhere covering a show, is there a restaurant or a bar or anywhere you generally like to go hang out? Really? Or go eat? Or go eat? Like <laughs> really? Really? 
Outback Steakhouse, mate. Just right. <laughs> that was the greatest answer that you what could have possibly... What else am I going to say? <laughs> that you could have possibly... Hey, no, man. it truly is. I mean, everywhere I go, like when we're at shows, whether it's in Oklahoma or, you know, wherever, I mean, I'm, I'm searching out the Outback. You it's know. dependable. Well, I mean, go sit at the bar, have a couple of cold ones, get my, get my steak Fosters? or whatever. <laughs> Australian for beer. <laughs> whatever, Cody. <yeah. laughs> See, it's stuff they export. We never drank that at home. I'm convinced that that Outback, though, is good in small towns. So, West Monroe, Louisiana, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, not not that Tulsa is super small, but the smaller market towns. Absolutely. I think Outback is – I love Outback. I'm I'm glad you said that. Get you a Bloomin' Onions, grilled shrimp on the bobby. The kookaburra wings. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, th- Mark, thanks so much for sitting down with us. And we just thank you for all that you've done for the sport and done for the NCHA and done for the cow horse world. And we can't wait to see what you do in the future. So. Well, you know, and, and thanks again for having me and, and appreciate all that. And like I said, it, you know, it's because of the people, the support we get from the people, but not just that, it's the team that I've got working for me, you know, I mean, and they all have their strengths too. Uh, Lauren and Katie both write awesome articles, you know, Lauren Middleton and, and Katie Miller and uh, Jenny Cooper, man, she just keeps me motivated. I mean, I'm scared to get out of line. You know, she she got me doing lists and and had checklists, and I mean, keeps me organized that way. You know, and then uh, Alex Taft, she uh, she's been with us just over a year now, uh, and and she's been amazing. You know, with the graphics and the other parts, keeping me organized as well. So I got a great team behind me, and and like I said, the support it just drives us. Awesome. Well, yeah. we can't wait to see what you guys are up to in the future, and see see what you guys are bringing us down the road. So I thanks so wait. much for sitting down with us. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Hey, you bet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And a great job on this podcast. Can't wait to see more of them. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate We're it. excited, too. Well, that was an awesome interview with Mark Michaels, the creator of CuttingHorseCentral.com. Uh, we can't thank him enough for coming on and being our first interviewee for our second episode of the Section K podcast. It was awesome of Mark to sit down with us and, and be open and answer all of our questions. Yeah, it was it was definitely cool too because he's usually the one that's doing the interviewing, and uh, you know we got to sit down with him and kind of talk about what what got him into Cutting Horse Central and how he got it started and the things that has helped him along the way. Yeah, it was super cool to hear hear some stories about going down the road. Be looking for Section K podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and we will be trying to bring you guys a new episode every Tuesday on a pretty regular basis um, on some special occasions during during some big time shows and big time events so if you have any questions or want to see anything discussed on section k podcast hit us up in our email section k pod at gmail.com we'll be seeing you guys down the road see you adios It was the summer of 1912 when we fought for freedom in Ohinega. Rode side by side with the man himself, the living legend known as Pancho Villa. We rode home on Christmas Eve, guns and gold strapped to our chest. Three nights of love, oh, and then we'd leave till I saw my wife, I could not rest. But my love was nowhere to be found, and now, Catalina, I wonder where you are. I dropped my pistols to the red dirt ground Stumbled down the road to the nearest bar and I cried 
Catalina, tell me where could you be? I've searched every canteen and to find who took you from me. You left me down here searching for dead ends and dead clues. Now I'm stuck here with the border town blues. Now the children paint the night sky with a sparklers in their hands as I hear a trumpet cry, hey, the rhythm of a mariachi band, and they sing, Te amo con todo mi corazón. I love you with all of my heart, but you, you left me here all alone with no one to love and nowhere to start. And I look out your window above Maria's saloon as the mezcal starts to take a toll. Candlelight bleeds down the clay walls of your room And the only touch I feel is the winter's cold Catalina, tell me where could you be? I've searched every canteen and to find who took you from me You left me down here searching for dead ends and dead clues Now I'm stuck here with the border town blues. Then came a lone writer, message in hand. He apologized and then rode away. It was a ransom signed by that goddamn general himself. Said if you cherish your love, you'd be on your way. So I made my trail north to the Rio Grande, riding alone to save my captured love. I held tight to her picture in my hand As the lone star lit my way from above And I arrived at dawn to the mission's gates Saw Catalina at the mercy of his men it was at that point I knew I'd met my fate As I watched the buzzard circle up on the Texas wind I said, let her go, it's my blood you crave You can have my life if you just set her free I kissed her and whispered, it was my life you saved She cried as she waved farewell to me And the gates closed and the general said, now it's time I smiled and said, you boys, you don't stand a chance They raised their guns as I yelled and drew mine It was how the newspapers would write of my last dance And smoke hit the blue skies as I held on tight that black and white photo of Catalina's smile I stared it down until I saw that white light My last words or my search was worth all the while Oh Catalina, I always knew right where you'd be Well chasing you down I think I realized that You'd be the end of me but I still won your heart when I had nothing left to lose But you left me stuck here with the border town You left me stuck here with the border town You left me stuck here with the border town blues